Hey everyone, welcome to Barside Chats. I'm Brian the Gleeman. And I'm Matt, the innkeeper. And this is a Wheel of Time podcast from the Dusty Wheel. Welcome back to Barside Chats. I'm your host, Brian the Gleeman. And today the crew is going to discuss the photos from the article posted by Entertainment Weekly. The photos contained promotional shots from the upcoming Wheel of Time series, which we're all excited about. There are four scenes, Rand and Egwene talking on a hillside, the Emmonsville Five plus Lan and Moraine heading to a waygate, Alana staring at Loghain in a cage, and Lan carrying Moraine out of Shadar Logoth. We're gonna focus on the big questions. Why were these photos chosen for promo material and what other scenes would have made great promotional photos as well? And here to discuss that news with me is my co-host, friend, and partner in crime, Matt the Innkeeper. How's it going, Matt? Awesome. And by the way, Magnificent Seven is how we moved on from Emisville 5 to the uh, with Lana Moraine. Magnificent Seven. There you the go. Magnificent Seven. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right. And uh, also joining us is longtime friend and guest, Todd. Welcome to the show, Todd. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. We're glad to have you. And finally, we have Tyler, a.k.a. Great Lord of the Dark. Welcome to the show, Tyler. It's nice to be back. Yeah, we haven't seen you since our uh, Best Relationships episode uh, a year ago. So uh, it's great to have you back on the show. All right, let's start with our first impressions of the photos before we dive into the bigger questions. So, Matt, kick us off. You held a six-hour live stream-a-thon <laughs> yesterday when the news broke <laughs> Having had a day to digest the material, which, what's your reaction? What, what, what about these photos just jumps out at you the most? Again, it has to be the cover photo, right? I call it the cover photo, right? It's, it has to be the Magnificent Seven. That one just, yes, Loghain is, is, is an awesome shot. You know, Shadow Logoth, those are all really cool for very specific reasons. But just finally seeing the five from Ebensfield and then Lana Moraine together, you know, we have that shot from just a couple of years ago when they're all just the actors are all together in Prague. And this is like the culmination of that, right? We've kind of come full circle. Now we see them all together, but they're in a meadow, apparently on the way to a way gate or something to that effect. There's something going on there. So I think this is the, yeah, to me, it's the now become the iconic photo of this series so far. Yeah, it's the first time we've seen Nynaeve too. Is that right? Oh the yeah, first... I mean, yeah, because yeah, exactly. I mean, I had I had two individuals, uh, Rhythma and Lesbian Nerdy, on the show because they stan Nynaeve and Egwene, and they. This is the first time we've seen a lot of these characters uh, or a lot of these actors for the first, you know, uh, in their costumes, obviously. And yes, first shot we get of Nynaeve, and really first shot we get of Egwene. Uh, of of all of them, other than Moraine and Lan, honestly. So, yeah, I, I don't think you you get a little bit of Matt in a in the dagger video. Maybe I think you get like his hand or something to that effect. We hear the voices of Egwene um, and of of Perrin in one of the releases they did, but we get to see them all here. And so, yeah, it's it's magnificent, right? Like that's this is the coming out party for the wheel of time um, and saying like, we're here and we're relevant. And so, yeah, I think that that photo does that uh, or attempts to do that. Right. I guess we'll, we'll talk about that today. Tyler, what were your first reactions when you saw these photos yesterday? So I have been blocking my ears to all and any news about this show up until these photos dropped. And then I couldn't hold back any longer. Like, Oh, finally still shots a lot of the production stuff i really i'm always scared of disappointment but um i gotta say like this is a nice 
well-rounded view of the world. We've got a bit of romance. We've got two dramatic scenes with what's happened to Moraine and Shadar Logoth. Why, why is this guy in a cage? Who is he? And then your iconic pose, as Matt says, about like the the, the seven heroes, which I refer to as the Avengers pose in my head because <laughs> it just looks like one of those, like, you know, something's blowing up in the background with alien spaceships crashing and here come the heroes walking out of the fire mess. So um, it's a lot less explodey than that, but it still uh, stands out in my mind. Like this is like Matt says, the iconic photo of here's the characters we're looking at. And um, it, it doesn't give me without knowing who the characters are. And I think we'll talk about this a bit later. Uh, this is just the introduction to the mainstream audience about who these people are and is there enough there to get people interested? I, I think the iconic pose is nice, but I think it's the other three that will uh, do more of the drawing in about who are these people and why should I care about them? For those of you who can't see, you, I think you're wearing an Avengers shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, this is Captain America. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Captain America. So the Avengers are top of mind for you today, Tyler. So uh, It incredible. happens frequently. The superhero shirts are very frequently worn. Who's Captain America in this photo? Who's Captain America in this photo to you? Uh, I mean, Perrin stands out head and shoulders mm. above everyone. I think no matter that you center uh, Moraine and land there, uh, Perrin dominates that photo. Oh, I like it. Perrin wouldn't be the Hulk. <laughs> I, I can't help you there. He just dominates it. Like Okay. He, he, All right. Yeah. Uh, and, and Todd, what were your first reactions when you saw this yesterday? Um, I was excited. Then I started looking at them and, you know, just kind of dug into what's there. One of the things that's jumped out, I, I don't know why it jumped out to me immediately, but is it, if you look at the five, they're almost in step and they're completely out of step with Lan and Moraine. And <laughs> that, that's something that really just kind of immediately jumped out to me uh, the way they're walking. So I don't know. That doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of a, a weird thing to, to be happening that the five of them are together and they're really together. You know what I mean? But doesn't that uh, really kind of encapsulate the story, right? The Emmonsville Five are, the, you know, the core characters and Lan and Moraine are, are like the Gandalfs that yep. are leading them places. So it kind of makes sense. Yep. Man, I love that. We did not even bring that. We we analyzed this for five and a half hours yesterday. And the off step, how all five of them are. Yeah, they all have their right foot forward. Yep. And then oh, Lan and Moraine have their left. <laughs> No, I'm the winner. Yeah. I don't think so. Look, look, someone's going to be like, yeah, I said that in chat. It was crazy yesterday. And, yeah. I, and I can't tell you actually all the things that were said. I don't remember. It was five and a half hours of discussing this topic. <laughs> I, I think the photos were amazing. They're a great introduction to to the series for, for the general uh, general public, people who haven't read The Wheel of Time. But I want to talk a little bit about why these photos. Remember, there's four photos. There's the Magnificent Seven. There's uh, Egwene and Rand uh, on a hillside talking to each other. There's uh, Loghain in a cage. And then there's uh, Lan carrying Warren out of Shadar Logoth or into Shadar Logoth. It's not clear where he's carrying her to or from. Why do you think, Matt, that they picked these four photos as opposed to any other scene that we could have seen there? Is this what Tyler just said, or maybe you said it? This idea that uh, they're showing us a little romance, I think is, you know, that's to try to capture a certain portion of an audience that maybe have never heard of these books and be like, why would I want to watch this, right? So, okay, this there's some kind of romance happening here, or is there, right? And then you have that kind of menacing dude in a cage, 
Um, and it's kind of an interesting looking wagon. It's not maybe something people are used to seeing. And it kind of gives a little fantasy vibe to it. And so it's like, okay, I'm, I'm signaling kind of some something's going on here, maybe some political things. You know, who is this person? So some mystery and intrigue, right? And then you have the Sher Logoth image where it's like, uh, you know, why is he carrying this woman? Is this, in, you know, is there some kind of, is this a romantic thing? Is Who is this person, you know? And I think they actually talk about him in the article as maybe, is it a bodyguard? And they say an awarder. I don't know. They they use that. So it's like, why would this person need a bodyguard? You know, and again, in this kind of cityscape that, you know, might be appealing or interesting, kind of maybe signaling time period-ish, not, not really, but you know what I mean? Kind of giving the feel like, okay, this is not happening in 1990 you know uh, this isn't just a bunch of people on a meadow out cosplaying like there's actual there there's somewhere that's what is this world and then you have the main photo which i think that's meant to appeal to just a wide variety of people right that's uh, old and young any like, from a very diverse international feel like this is the cast which let's be honest if you showed the seven cast members of game of thrones that might have fit this picture a lot different looking, if you know what I mean. Uh, so I think that there's something here uh, that they're really, this one really expresses the diversity of it, but it expresses so much, right? Uh, just from a clothing standpoint, and then also from a who's centered and who's not. I mean, there's a lot of things that speak to fans here too. So I think they did a really good job of kind of mixing it up and trying to offer something that appealed to just a really wide variety of interests out there. Tyler, what do you think? Why do you think they picked these three? Um, well, these I'm going photos. to suspect it's because they're keeping some powder in the keg for the preview eventually, because a bit of my initial reaction was underwhelmed. It's really only looking at them in a bit deeper where I start to think, okay, this looks like it could be cool, or I can kind of imagine what's happening here. So uh, I think it's, yeah, like they, it really is trying to capture that broad audience. And it's, it really is a teaser. Like the, the thing that gets me is, okay, it's entertainment weekly, uh, article uh, with, with these photos. It's a very early peek at something, but it's meant to whet the appetite for something more. And and I, it's kind of like when you see in a movie trailer, it just says, you know, like, I don't know, Iron Man 8 coming in 2024 and all you see is the logo and people get excited, <laughs> right? Um, and I think that's a little bit what this is. Did they, did they do that part well? I mean, did they, did they whet your appetite? Like I say, it's the first time I looked at the, any, Thing. I think the only other thing I saw was a still of Matt's hand reaching for the dagger. I never actually looked at much else. I saw the picture of Moraine at the on the poster, um, but I've been keeping a very arm's length from the whole thing up until now because the the excitement's starting to to get to me. It's apprehension and it's excitement, um, and, and I think like this is just meant to get like kind of like the very early, you know scenes of stuff you don't want to to show your your good stuff right away i know that that's part of it is they want to get people's attention and draw people in and the whole idea about what order you present stuff to the uh market in is you know a whole art and you know thing in itself where people get paid big bucks to figure this out so someone really smart in this area has figured out well we need to do this step first and this step but i really want to see some magic and channeling in a preview and this is just meant to establish, well, this is a world where you could see magic. You could imagine magic. Maybe it's coming. So a little bit underwhelmed, a little bit um, excited. But I think it's this is really just meant to be the, the early peaks for a mainstream audience. It's not really, I don't think, fan-oriented. 
I think this is really geared towards just getting people to know there's a fantasy property out there like Game of Thrones coming your way. And this gives kind of a Game of Thrones feel like the, you know, the setting looks a lot like the North in uh, Game of Thrones. The uh, ruined city looks a lot like some of the castles in Game of Thrones. So um, I feel like some of the aesthetic here is really meant to appeal to that audience that's looking for, you know, like how, how are we going to draw those people in? Do you think Rafe Judkins and the and the team would feel flattered by the comparison to Game of Thrones, uh, or do you think they I'm would be annoyed? I'm a long time watcher <laughs> of bad fantasy movies since my eighties, and I cannot <laughs> complain about something ending poorly because most of the stuff I watched in my life was either completely or poorly ended. So uh, you know, I, I can't throw stones here. Any fantasy is still fantasy. It's happy to see it on screen with a really nice budget and production values. Todd, what do you think? I was whelmed. Is that a word? It is now. <laughs> you know, uh, it, was, it was cool <laughs> to see the, the clothes and stuff, but I would have liked to have seen more. I really, if you want my opinion, they put these photos out, I think, for what is not in them more than for what's in them. Um, and I know I kind of have this feeling that Rafe is screwing with us a little bit um you know uh tom's not there loyal's not there um you know matt said something about him going to the uh yeah going to the way gates and you know they with neither one of them there is that really where they're going or are they just off having a pee you know uh, um, <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. The The picture of Shatter Logoth to me looks very much like a production. It's weird looking. It doesn't look, it looks like a rendition more than, than an actual photo. More than a still. Yeah. 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 It, it's, yeah. it's kind of a, it's a weird looking picture. There's, there's just something strange about it. I don't know if it's just the way it's shot or what. Um, the, other, the other thing that hit me is how early in the books all of these seem to come from. Very early in the books. That's true. So, yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. So w- one of the things that you and I talked about earlier today, Todd, was while, while this is reminiscent of Game of Thrones or like any any kind of fantasy show, there's, there are no fantasy elements that we see in these pictures. You know, you don't see anything. You don't see magic. You don't see dragons you don't see uh magic portals to anywhere there's nothing here that indicates that there's anything fantastical which is kind of strange i think as the the first you know for the first look of this thing because this could be outlander right like it could be some historical romance that's that's not terribly surprising with like the audience that they're going after right like entertainment weekly I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. Maybe, so the, my next know. question: Why? Why Entertainment Weekly? Why do you think they released it there versus p- a big marketing push on the social media or through, you know, I don't know, other other magazines? I mean, who, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not the. I'm not the person like coming up with a strategic plan here. But my guess would be they want to see where they're going to. Like, they have a plan of let's throw these four images or the uh, to them and let's see if this captures the attention of the crowd in Entertainment Weekly. If we if we start to see people that feed in on this idea of this is an interesting kind of like um, fictional drama that might have might have these elements, but we don't see them kind of highlighted. Maybe that's appealing to the crowd that 
Entertainment Weekly is speaking to. I mean, I, I don't know how many fans said, I haven't ordered a magazine. <laughs> like, I haven't, like, bought a magazine in in a decade, but I'm going to buy this one, right? So if they're not buying Entertainment Weekly and they're reading the books, who's the crowd that's buying Entertainment Weekly? Because obviously they're smart enough to market to those people. So I love the things you guys brought up, right? Early in the books, focused on the on the people, not focused on magic, nor kind of really hardcore fantasy elements of, of you know, something we're used to seeing in epic fantasy. So that seems extremely purposeful, right? Like they're not trying to go out the gate to this particular audience with, hey, come watch this magic show, you know, um, you know, this magic fantasy. That's not right. how they're trying to sell it, which maybe that's a good sign. Uh, you know, fans were kind of afraid a little bit that they wouldn't dig into characters and maybe they're just coming out and saying, no, this is about the characters. And that's what we're going to focus on here. Do you think they've hidden something in there for us, Matt? Did you find anything? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should. Theory, like, you, I, like I said earlier, we're theory landers, damn it. I know. But there is. There's There's so much stuff in there. And the metadata, there's actual metadata in those files. So I feel like they must have known. I mean, there's this whole thing with Brandon posting an image that he'd been sent that had metadata that kind of told us something. I cannot imagine for a huge release like this that they weren't like strip the metadata out. Like the metadata there, and it actually tells interesting details about the episodes maybe, not like necessarily the pictures, but the episodes that these pictures are related to. So yeah, that's where that's where a lot of the theorizing has happened is in the metadata, you know. And and trust me, that that cover photo, we talked about like 20 different spots on that on that on that shot and that image that we think are really kind of interesting and compelling as fans. That just your normal viewer would have looked at it and been like, yeah, cool. I don't but just like the colors of dresses and the and the the you know the shape of them and who's wearing kind of jewelry and why that you know why is the jewelry as it is and why does you know Lan or Matt and you know Perrin why are they looking like this or wearing this type of clothing? Um, look at the boots. The boots are amazing. <laughs> but uh, no, but yeah, I I think they did. Uh, I think there's a nods to fandom here, but I think this was obviously for other groups. Well, speaking of the metadata, there's a um, there's an interesting trivia bit about the metadata. The metadata on the low game photo is not actually describing the photo; it's describing a different photo that we don't see. Uh, if you inspect the uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, every photo that you take with a camera is embedded with specific bits of information, including the location of, of where it was taken, the type of camera that it was taken with, the speed of the shutter, the uh, f-stop and all that stuff. And then usually uh, the photographers will fill in extra bits of metadata on the image so that they can search it in their image software, uh, photo library software. Um, and so when we look at the metadata for the low game photo, the metadata is actually describing Perrin and Egwene looking at the tinkers, not low gain in a cage. Uh, with, with an Aes Sedai behind him. Um, and so that suggests either that somebody messed up in the photo library or they like originally intended to put the Perrin and Egwene photo here and they wound up putting the Logan photo Interesting. Here. That's, uh, yeah, that's an interesting theory that like this was... That's, an, that's a really interesting theory. I mean, I've heard the other theory side of that, which is like, this is just a portion of... You know, I mean, this is like more like episode related. 
And so this is maybe the first portion of the description of that episode. And so maybe we see um, this happen earlier in that episode than the scene that we got. But I like the theory you just posed, which is that they were thinking about going with that image. They decided against it and probably picked this other image because they thought it was stronger. Going with Alvaro Morte as Logan and, and, and maybe they just didn't change up the information on the photo they used. I, I love that theory. Or they did it on purpose. Yeah. That could be, that could be cool. That could be true. Uh, who knows? So, so we know that there is at least a photo, or we think we know, there's at least a photo of Perrin and Egwene with the Tinkers. So my next question, the second half of this discussion I mean, then is, I think anything what do you think they left out? Drawn? It's kind of Todd's question um, earlier. What do you think they left out? What are some rams? photos that you think uh, those are they could have put in here that would have made just as strong of an of impact? Story? Uh, versus uh, the ones that they put in. Are there other action, scenes that, which these that photos aside from, to you feel like, like a, they a, would a sum up photos, the series of the Wheel of Time to um, fans so, uh, or to people who have never read yeah, the books I, I or maybe don't know much about the series that, that at all? Uh, anybody want to jump out with some thoughts? But I understand you don't want to show your monster in your first promotional photo. That's supposed to be, you know, a scary thing that happens in the show. Uh, I think you got to see a Trolloc attack, whether you'll see a face of one or not. I don't know, but definitely like, yeah, some, some element of Trolloc uh, attack has to show up Mm -hmm. somewhere in the trailer. Yeah. 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 Do you think they're saving that for the trailer? Well, I think if you took a shot of a Trolloc, it would make it less scary, right? (laughs) It's just like the Trolloc is scary because of what it can do, not because it's like in a pose, you know, like, can you just imagine like, like, he's like just Trolloc poses, you know, he's got like the arm around. (laughs) They're just like, I don't know. I mean, there's some, there's some really, uh, there's some really iconic shots of the Urukai in Lord of the Rings that just look terrifying. It's kind of like, ooh, what the heck Yeah, but but they still are is it terrifying or is it just kind of like cool? I, I mean, said iconic. Yeah, iconic, I guess. Okay. Oh, I have no idea. I don't remember. I can't remember that long ago. That was 20 <laughs> years ago, you know? <laughs> Yeah, That's I think they purpose true. they purposely did not show us the shadow, right? They purposely did not show us creatures of the shadow. They didn't go like dark, dark with this. Like I like the idea of like menace, but there's not like a horror vibe. And again, I think it's appealing to the audience that they were appealing to, right? Like they maybe when they come to the fans, showing us like Trollocs would be really, really compelling. We'd be really excited about it or something. Mirror draw others. See, I don't you know. I, I would I would rather see the Ogier. Um, loyal. I would rather see uh, to me that, and and maybe that's why he's not in here. Maybe they're holding off on those, like the Trollocs and the Ogier and and things like that until maybe it'll be in the trailer. I don't know, but 
um, maybe they're holding off on those kind of things because aren't they doing, they're not using CGI or they're not using very much for those characters, are they, as far as we know? They said, yeah, they said they were going to go to practice. I mean, I think Rafe has said he wants to go practical as much as possible, as much as feasible. Right. So um, maybe yeah. they don't want to show their hand on that yet, you know? Not showing L'Oreal is a missed opportunity because, like I observed earlier, like there's nothing fantasy about these other than they're in like medieval-ish clothing. But you could, could you could have a non-fantasy medieval story. These photos would tell that story as well. So by leaving out something that's obviously fantasy, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. And it might, you know, you, you might have people who tune into it looking for an outlander historical romance uh, and then go, oh, my God, there's magic. I'm out, you know? Um, yeah, but they, but maybe they would have not shown up in the first place. You know, I think that's what they're. I think what they're likely concerned about is making it focusing too much mm-hmm. on the fantasy elements. That's what it seems like. I mean, when you look at these four photos. They pushed back from that tendency to immediately go to the things that make it stand out from a fantasy perspective. Now, their second release might be all of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? It might just be like this first release was to come out of the gate and focus on some of the main characters, and the second one is to kind of maybe paint a really interesting kind of unique fantasy picture. So I, the one that we haven't mentioned yet is we don't really see like they didn't go uh, white tower, you know, they didn't, they right. didn't pick up on any of the, like we're not seeing like cities per se. Right. I mean, we say shadow Logoth, but we're not seeing a larger world yet. They kept us very, and I love that Todd brought this out very early in the books and very, very kind of tight into what's happening in that scene. Not a kind of a large, like if you look at, remember Lord of the Rings image that came out, that Lord of the Rings image that came out for the, that they released, that's like from way back. And you see like for miles, basically it Mm -hmm. seems like, and you're seeing the world that they've kind of built at least a, obviously a portion of it, but they didn't do that here. And so I, I kind of wonder if that was, a missed opportunity? Do you think it's a missed opportunity to not show something like from afar um, and give people a, a feel for the scope or what they might see? I think that it's uh, kind of what you said. If, if, if they're trying to lean away from the fantasy idea, if they showed a big, if they showed Camlin or Tarvalon or uh, Faldara or something like that, that would immediately give the game away as a fantasy. Like, kind of like you look at, uh, you see Gondor or you see, um, Minas Tirith uh, or something like that in Lord of the Rings, uh, you immediately know this is a fantasy movie. Like that's a fantasy that there, there's no real city that looks like that. Um, right. And so uh, uh, even in Game of Thrones, when you see um, King's Landing, it's very clear. I mean, it's based on Dubrovnik and, and Croatia, um, but it still looks very fantasy-like. So maybe they avoided that just to lean away from the fantasy aspect, like you said. Um but, you know, again, I think if you're going to com- get people incited, show them something fantastical. So show them something amazing that they go, wow, I want to see more of that. I want to know what's going on there. And I think the closest we get here is really the low game photo. The Shadar Logoth one, like Todd said, looks feels a little CGI, a little bit too um, uh, kind of weird compared to the other ones. Uh, so to me, I do think it was a, a little bit of a missed opportunity, but I... If they're leaning against, uh, if they're leaning away from the fantasy aspect, then yeah, I mean, I, I guess they did the right thing. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I mean, it's I, I feel like they they are not necessarily hiding it, but they're trying to interest people who might not otherwise be interested in this type of book, knowing that people like us who are fans of the series 
are going to be happy with whatever they put out for us to see. Um, it, it almost yeah. feels like yeah, this I think was kind of right. I think set up in like, such a way that if you imagine they had done Loyal as a awesome fandom, I mean, I'm going to be there for a month. Okay, Muppet Loyal, you know, somebody is who watches, I'm going to um, watch it. But Vikings, a lot of people will see a Muppet where there's and they will not say, a lot of magic and things show. like that, and they can draw uh, them like in there's and, a certain and, audience that, and think, you think, know, maybe think, they'll stay I mean, I'm a big Farscape fan, so even though I want it's my not Muppets, exactly but, what um, they thought it was going to be. <laughs> so, but, but like if you show Loyal off, it's like you're conveying, like, by the way, this is a movie that has people that look like Muppets, and that's you know no shame on the makeup artists or whatever but like <laughs> fantasy and science fiction are still a hard sell to most of the adult population in north america they that's we super fair are immersed Very in this fair. stuff we love it uh the you know there's a reason that romance is the best-selling genre i love muppets and fantasy and science fiction uh, might be dominating the uh giant blockbuster movies uh and tv shows but like they're fighting an uphill battle against the dominant genres, which uh, I think that this is what they're trying to, to lean into here is this is Game of Thrones for family, I guess. Like there's nothing in here that says you can't watch this with your 13 year old. Uh, Game of Thrones is not comfortable to watch with teenagers. I think this is really being oriented as like Lord of the Rings, I guess, has become family oriented over time, but I'm not sure that's how it was first perceived when it came out. Um, so I, I think that's all of this is saying, here's a sensible show you can watch with your family. It's like Game of Thrones. It's exciting. It's got characters, but you don't have to worry about any of the icky stuff because it's not here. And it's not even terribly violent because, look, we don't even have that's any That's a very good point. That's a very good point. The Avengers picture, like, are, are the weapons there? Like, I think you comment on how there's not a lot of to see there in terms of the five characters carrying anything. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they don't. You don't even that's really see. You don't see many weapons. Like they're there, but they're really kind of not out and about. Yeah, again, and I think that I think it's probably a smart tact, which is uh you look, Avengers there's a lot of spectacle to it, but they really try to sell you on like it's Captain America, you know, and it's the Winter Soldier, and they really try to embed you into that character and that's what you're there to see. I don't know how many of my kids and uh just general family and friends they are like, "Oh, I really love Loki," you know. And it's like, okay, but that show he was in was kind of like, eh, it was fine. But it's like, but it's Loki, you know. Uh, I think they're trying to capture a little bit of that, which is try to sell these characters to people. And, you know, look, they have three women and four men on uh, on that cover photo, right? And uh, and they're and again, like I said, really diverse in just like clothing and size, shape, whatever, uh, you know, ethnicity. You know, there's all of these things are, I think, make so much sense to say that this world is something different in the fantasy realm that you are probably not used to. And because if you're used to the Lord of the Rings and the Game of Thrones of the world, this is just, it is going to be different. And 
and and the characters, not the spectacle, is what we want you to care about and focus on. And you're going to want to care and focus on them because so I, maybe they're just kind of signaling that that's the that's the route they're taking. It's very character driven versus spectacle driven. I think we're onto something here. I looked at the I just pulled up the Avengers posters. They all have weapons. <laughs> Everybody has weapons except for Hulk, who who is a weapon. Um, <laughs> and uh, they all, and so what, when you look at the Avengers poster, I'm seeing action. I'm seeing combat. Like, you know, you watch this movie, you're going to see fights and lots of them. And if you go actually watch the movies, it's like two hour long and an hour and 15 minutes of that is fight scenes. And so you, you are getting, you know, they're setting you up with a promise there. And if you look at these photos for the Wheel of Time show, they're promising characters. You know, I think you're right, Matt. They're promising characters. They're promising intimate moments. They're promising conflict, but not necessarily violence uh, and and not necessarily rated R type things. Um, you know, rapists, I just, this is not a PG, you know, show. I mean, Wheel of Time is a, a rated R uh, series over the course of the books. Um, but what they're promising here in this Entertainment Weekly article is something that appears family friendly. It appears character centric. Uh, it appears to be, you know, pretty high quality. I don't know. I mean, it's, it feels like it's it's promising an adventure, uh, but with characters and with people rather than focusing on violence, focusing on, focusing on fight scenes, focusing on sex or whatever else. I love that word adventure. Yeah, I think that is a great word to put to what they de- what they what they put out there for Entertainment Weekly was. Yeah, this is this is going to be more of an adventure. Uh, maybe more Indiana Jones than you know than Game of Thrones. Man, I know. wish that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, are there any scenes that you guys can think of that would? So, if we agree that we want to kind of avoid the fantasy elements of this uh, and really kind of appeal to the general audience who maybe doesn't want to see a fantasy show or maybe doesn't think they want to see a fantasy show, um, are there other scenes in the books, particularly in book one? Um, maybe early on that you think they could have shown here that doesn't give the game away in terms of big fantasy uh, things? Like if they showed the Tinkers, does the Tinkers basically say, hey, this is a fantasy uh, thing? Or, you know, what about Winter Night or Beltine? Or, you know, are there other scenes that you can think of that they could have put here that they didn't? Yes, I do think so. Um, I think that a scene when... Bane first comes into Emmons Field, uh, maybe standing on his wagon. I think something like that would have been a good shot to see. I don't know, Winter's Night, I think they're better off staying out of any kind of uh, fight scenes, battle scenes, anything like that for right now. Um, if if what they're trying to do with these pictures is what I think they're trying to do, I think uh, that would be, I, I would stay away from something like that. So maybe the Tinkers, I, I wouldn't have any problem seeing the Tinkers. Um, I'd like to see, I think Padden Fane standing on his, on his wagon would have been a good one. Um, maybe the interior of, uh, of uh, the inn, you know, um, some kind of shot like that would have been, would have been a cool one to see. I'll let somebody You else. just wanted to see Sam Bowie, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Seeing Tom, you know, yeah, like a Gleeman. I love that what Todd said about Pat and Fane. I think that could be a good one too. And I bet I will not be surprised now that we've kind of talked through this. 
I will not be surprised if now they you remember when they announced these cast, who did they announce first? They announced uh, Rosamund Pike. Then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they announced the Immensfield Five next, and then they announced Daniel Henney. Okay, so there's their magnificent seven uh, on this cover photo. Then from there, they started announcing, like, I think it was Tom. I want to say Alvaro Morte. I think it was, um, shoot, uh, uh, Loyal. And it might have been, um, I can't remember who was the fourth one. Anyways, they, so maybe the next release will have some of these other characters in them. You know, maybe we'll get a Pat and Fane. Maybe we'll get a Tom. Maybe we will get Loyal. And maybe that'll be the next groupings where they're, again, trying to focus on the characters that people, that they want people to love or love to hate, you know? Uh, right. So maybe we'll get a Leandrin, uh, you know, in this next one. So, yeah. So it's starting to kind of broaden this idea of like, oh, these characters look interesting. And then it's like, well, these characters look interesting too. I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed with this kind of tact and the next article that w- went out there had a little bit of this, but also new new images like that new scenes like like it's scenes that i'm thinking of that would be cool would be like matt and rand on the road on the way to tarvalon um you know when matt has the dagger and he's sick or uh on the boat with uh bail doma um yeah that would be really really neat on the the way to white bridge to to me right away uh the four uh, kings with the dark friends like there's a lot of scenes in in the early um, books to escape Shadow Logoth. They don't necessarily scream have, fantasy, but they do have that, like, getting away that you, know, don't reveal the monsters you know, something that weird is happening, something strange is happening, and I want to know more about it. So uh, that's kind of what I was missing from this, and I wonder uh, if, if yeah, exactly. there were some it's other scenes like that that jump out to you guys as things that we could put in there. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, the, what what would make them jump off a cliff? Yeah, I would. I guarantee you that's going to be if they have that scene, it's going to be in the trailer. That's a good point. I mean, again, we go back to this adventure thing. Think of the little things that they've given us so far. Right? They gave us uh, the the sword. But they didn't just show us how they, you know, the sword was like made, and they kind of give us this like maybe there's a battle, but not much. They don't focus on that aspect of you just hear something. Then you have Tom's guitar, right? So again, kind of, uh, I know the uh, other and then you get like the Matt's dagger, you know, and, and then you get Moraine doing some kind of like quick channeling. You get Lan first, uh, fighting, is, uh, you know, something where you don't really get to see what he's fighting, other, you know, so when she, they, they, they are really selling that, hard on the adventure side that I don't think I've really embedded in kind of conceptually about this, but I think I get it now. And so, yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if they stay there. That's the central conflict not just here, but in later stories is, is Rand going to listen to Moraine or is Rand going to listen to Nynaeve? And he just says, I don't want to listen to either one of you. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. There's, like, what we're discussing here are like scenes that imply adventure uh, and character-driven adventure that is not uh, fantastical, right? And it implies that there's something dangerous happening. There's something interesting happening. Uh, the, the the photos that we got, we don't really get that. We get the Magnificent, Magnificent Seven. It feels like the Avengers, you know, opening, like uh, the, when they're slow-mo walking through the, you know, hall or whatever. Um, it feels like that. And then the the scene with Rand and Egwene implies like a little bit of like romance or a little bit of, you know, some, there's some kind of intimate, intimate moment. Um, the Logan one implies, okay, we have a bad guy, but you know, there's not really a real sense of like, who are these people? Why are they out there? What are they, what, what's their deal? You have to read the article to get that, which you, you do get a little bit of it in the article, but the photos themselves, I feel like there could have been some photos that really show more adventure, make it feel more adventurous. I, don't get me wrong. I love these photos. I'm so happy we got them. But in terms of like if marketing and, and getting drawing people in, I think there's a couple other scenes that just to me feel like more appropriate for this. Todd, what do you think? You've been quiet for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going through scenes and thinking about scenes that I would like to see or that I wouldn't like to see. And one that, uh, you know, like I thought maybe ran kneeling in front of Morgase, but then I don't know that I really is that pushing it a little too far maybe that's something we really don't want to see right now that's that's kind of um maybe him in Camelin, but you know there was a lot of stuff going on in Camelin. Uh, you if you were looking for your overview shot that you were talking about earlier that would be the place to do it you know with the red and the white and the all of the people i think that would be a cool shot with him with morgase and elida and and everybody there but i kind of but we know we don't see the trachans in season one right well, that's what we believe we they haven't been announced yet that's for sure they haven't been announced so we don't think we see the trachans in season one so maybe that scene wouldn't even exist um, but again that scene also sort of depending on the set design that scene may imply the fantasy element that matt was saying we're trying to they might be trying to avoid in these promo shots there's one that's sticking out to me that we haven't talked about is white cloaks we know that they've uh, they've cast some some white cloaks, so uh, that's an interesting one. Again, a character probably character driven. You know that could be an interesting one. Interactions between you know a white cloak and one of the characters that's on the cover here, and in later releases, I could see you know creating <laughs> the potential for conflict there. Not necessarily again focusing on but, battle but I and, the, uh, and violence per se, but but like, the visually the white uh, maybe it's focused on you know you become really helmets. suspect of these so, these individuals like what, who are they and why are they <laughs> why does it look like our main characters are, are concerned or no, afraid see, they, they can't show the white cloaks yeah. they can't show the white cloaks it has to be a surprise because nobody expects an <clears throat> inquisition <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> but they're running away come on that's good that's good <laughs> Uh, might be a little that's too true. on the nose for a promo shot. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, you're, you're right. And it may, but, and, yeah. and unless it's very, unless it's done very well, it might not convey to the audience who doesn't know anything about the books that these are in fact not good guys. Right. Um, right. I mean, I don't know. They look like they're not good guys, but 
So, but, uh, so this is a good point. I wonder how much power or I don't know how necessarily these, these situations work when you have an article like this written or in Entertainment Weekly, but I'm assuming someone on Entertainment Weekly side can be like, no, we hate that image. Uh, give us some other images to choose from. Oh, that's possible too, yeah. So I, I, I feel like maybe there was some negotiation. I mean, maybe that image they got of Perrin and Egwene, and they're like, no thanks. Um, we, yeah. We'd like a different image here, you know? So I, I wonder if that could be it too. Well, isn't, um, I can't say his name, Morte, Al, how do you say his name? Alvaro, Alvaro Morte. Okay. Isn't he v- really, really popular in like, the oh yeah he's worldwide now yeah yeah but more so in like i thought is he from south america spain i'm pretty sure it's spain Spain. (laughs) but yeah money money heist he's in the really popular money heist um so so and people are really familiar with that i haven't really dug into a lot of a lot about some of these people but would that be a way to maybe draw in some characters from from the rest of the world is to with these people, you know, um, Rosamund Pike, uh, you know, Daniel Henney for here, the other, the others, uh, Australia, right? Oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's, and that's a good point too. Yeah. They, they definitely picked, I mean, that's who they cast, right? So right, right. Alvin exactly. Amorte was good. You know, you definitely use him, you know? Right. But you pull in a lot more viewers, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. If you kind of, yeah, spread, I see what you're saying. Love around. It's a very good marketing strategy to say, like, these are our big name actors right, right. here, right in front of you. Uh, you recognize Rosamund Pike from all the stuff you've seen her in, from that new Edith podcast, from that I Care A Lot movie, everything else that she's been in. You recognize Daniel Hennessy from his other films that he's been in. You recognize Alvaro Morte from his other films, especially for the international audience who, who watches these things uh, in their home countries. Um, Entertainment Weekly. You're right. Like this American does draw in more people. So Americans. maybe there is a rhyme, a, a more of a rhyme and reason to picking these four photos than, than just let's avoid the fantasy audience. aspect and play up the character aspect. Maybe there is a little bit of a financial, you know, like oh, let's you know punch really hard out here and get get some big names out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because you have you you have you, you highlight Priyanka Bose also. Uh, so yeah, I mean, look who they highlighted. Yeah, but that's, uh, I would say, yes. However, I mean, it's a digital platform, right? So people have digital subscriptions and uh, and I'm not sure on the subscription, subscription side, but I'm assuming people can order them in some form or fashion. And they release these across familiar, social media. Like, Alberto Morte, you know, uh, tweeted about it or you know, uh, Instagram like, about it. So, so you still, yes, that's true. Uh, Chinese like the, trailers or anything? The actual magazine itself that's being delivered to homes. But uh, the digital side of this seems like that's where they were, you know, kind of pulling in the international side of this. And yeah, introducing American crowds to some actors that they may or may not be familiar with uh, that are internationally famous. Oh, yeah. Okay. So when they when they released the kind of title sequences of their like their logo and stuff like that, they I think they have had it in like seven or eight different languages, and they release them at the same time. So they've definitely taken an international approach. I want to even say that recently they released like a multiple uh, Indian uh, or multiple languages from India, 
and I, I, I want to say that I didn't see all of them, but, but yes, they're releasing posters and those kind of things. And we have, we do know that they are doing the voiceover work. We don't know how many languages they're planning on, but I'm assuming this will be simultaneous release in a lot of populations internationally, across a lot of languages. And I would assume that a lot of this promotion, I did, I heard that maybe in Germany, maybe I read it wrong, but they might have, they might have been, they might have put this article out in German. In Germany too, this more recent episodes, one that came out, or it was just uh, a translation dubbing, of it. But you know, so, so they definitely have an international game. English transcribed below or whatever. Uh, like this goes all the way back to the '90s. So I have to imagine, like if the copies are circulating right now for the dubbing, like it's only a matter of time before stuff starts leaking somewhere. Oh yeah, and I'm sure that that's that's that whole thing. They've been going now with the pandemic, right? It was paused, restarted. I'm sure there's a lot of concern that this thing has been held out so long before it's gone live that that could happen. Uh, but yeah, that's I mean that's a danger for every production out there. So this whole discussion about international audiences that made me think about the photos again. Forget about the article for a second. The thing about images is that they're universal. They don't require language to, you know, to explain. And so by releasing these photos in, in a way, in this way, we're kind of telling the whole world, hey, check out our international diverse cast for this new adventure called The Wheel of Time. But that brings me back to the question of like, why Entertainment Weekly? Why not go for, uh, if you want the Game of Thrones audience that was international, was worldwide why not go for something that's maybe a little more international publication that is going to get syndication across all the major <laughs> countries? Why not hit a different okay, media but outlet? A here and I don't think we then. will know that. We're not marketing um, people. Amazon um, but it, is, it does strike me as an interesting choice to choose Entertainment they Weekly all in on to all show the these particular stuff, photos right? in a way They've that uh, actually does reach taken that the international so that audience. It is a weird choice. It's almost like... Things. Is Wheel of Time just a warm-up run for the Lord of the Rings show that they really want to push international? Entertainment Weekly, if you're listening, we love you. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I mean, Lord of the Rings is coming and this can be, it can do a a lot of really effective experimentation here with uh, a property that's got a built-in audience, but Lord of the Rings has a bigger built-in audience. You take that back right now. Wow. You take that back. How do you... <laughs> it is. It is. You're right. Yes. I haven't really been following the Lord of the Rings stuff. Is Has there been promotional material like this released for Lord of the Rings yet? Just this one. So they announced with the announcement of next year's, the, the like, release think September, date. the release date, they released yeah. an image in like 8K or something. Some ridiculously large image, high resolution image for people to look into and try to figure out what was going on. Uh, so, But that's, again, to me, and I've, I've said this to my son, 
Lord of the Rings cannot ever be compared to any other thing. And just just for sheer amount of it already has like it's made its tracks across the world already. And so anyone again, I'm not saying you can put poor products out, but anything having to do with the Lord of the Rings is going to immediately have an audience that other places, other, you know, other shows have to build from scratch, if you will. So Yeah. Uh, what what I was wondering with those if if Lord of the Rings is already putting out promotional content, which it doesn't sound like they are, but if they be. were, would it be would they just lean really hard into the fantasy like, thing because everybody knows Rings, that it's fantasy? Or are they the going to do what the, the Real Bats. Time Show is doing here and is start to try to get people like, who maybe don't what, think they like the fantasy fan, and maybe the haven't seen the Lord the of the Rings movies before to try to watch it? That's so, kind of what I was getting at. Is is the strategy that we're doing for Wheel of Time different and materially than what they would do for Lord of the Rings or any yeah, other there you go. fantasy show? It has to be. Yeah, it kind of has to be. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, yeah. That's that's probably true. I mean, you think of the. Are Hobbits, you saying Lord you know? of the Rings is like the <laughs> Avengers of fantasy? Okay. What were you saying, Matt? Sorry. No, I was gonna say you you do, but uh, again, I mean, it's not like you don't think of Gandalf or something like that. You know, um, there are some iconic characters, but it is more. Yes, maybe more of the battle scenes when it came to the movies that they released. And again, the TV show, I would imagine that they're going to take a very similar tact with the TV show, which is dig into the characters more. You can do that with TV in a way that film just doesn't present enough time, right? You're you're purposely putting all this money into two to three hours, and you need everyone to go watch it to make your money back. Uh, and TV is, a, is just different in that way. So I'd be surprised for the show if they don't, kind of take that tack, but they did release a promotional material that maybe whets the appetite of those fans. And then maybe Amazon is smart and says, Hey, we're not going to be here till next September. But <laughs> until then we have this other show that you might be interested they in. So, not you know, maybe it's smart for them in, to have said more importantly, the release dates a year from now. So off. you got time. Why not look into this other thing that we're doing while you wait? Let's wrap I this really up. Like the idea Do you that feel that the photos that came out are going to like grab people's Amazon imaginations and make them watch The Wheel of Time and give it a chance? Lean on uh, each or do you think these really four photos tent, are maybe not, not the best the photos? Same world, they can all, Start with you, Tyler. You know, what do you think? Grab the same audiences and just, I don't know, be like the, what was it? The CW network for the teen dramas. It's like, this is what it is for fantasy. Right on, like, totally in character, Matt. Way to go. Totally agree. I totally agree. And and I think that we're just going to have to wait and see exactly how they play the rest of them out as we go. Disagree. Totally disagree. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Look, in the end of the day, I, this is what I, at least I heard someone in chat during that five and a half hour long live stream said that searches on Google had been like 3x on Wheel of Time as compared to before the article came out. 
people are, there are going to be people looking into it and add that to what Tyler said, which is, and this isn't going to scare them away, right? So now you have more eyeballs on something that they weren't aware of. Now they are. And you have, a, you have an international audience that's like, or not only that, like look in America, you have people saying this, fans going like, hey, that looks like me. And that's awesome. And that seems like an important person in the show. And yeah, I want to give this a chance. Uh, I, I, I've heard from fans that that is, you know, a really compelling, uh, just just seeing like, for example, Zoe Robbins as Nynaeve has, has been so meaningful to so many in ways that some of these epic fantasy shows have never been. And that's because they see themselves there. Uh, whether or not it's because it's like, hey, that's a person of color or, hey, that's a that's a woman in an epic fantasy that I might be interested in. It's not being sexualized was was a comment brought up in the show the other day. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. And so I I disagree with the premise that this won't pull. I think it's pulling a, more people. And it like you said, it won't push them away simply because they're like, oh, this sounds inter- or looks interesting. But oh, shoot, what is that creature thing? I'm not interested, <laughs> you know? And I th- so I think that was smart in that sense uh, to kind of lay – this to me, this kind of just lays the groundwork for what they're going to build on top of, you know, over the next three months. My point of view on this is that – It's really nice seeing all you guys. This is all great. We're all getting awesome stuff. <laughs> We're fans. I just love it. There's no – there's no uh, – uh, there's no real criticism to be had here. I'm very happy to get what we got. I think the world is a better place for it. And I just cannot wait for this show to start. Uh, and I think all three of you gentlemen agree with me. All right, let's leave it there. Uh, thank you for your time, guys. Thank you, Tyler, for joining us. We really enjoyed having you back. And Todd, welcome back. We'll see you again soon, I'm sure. Yeah, we got to do this more. This is fun. Yeah, awesome. And Matt. Great live stream yesterday. Great chat today. You're on a roll. Dude, it's fun stuff. This is uh this is a culmination of just the chatting we've all been doing at Theory Land for a couple of decades. You know, culminating this moment where we're actually going to see a TV series where people were cast as the characters that we kept talking about and making posts about like who's going to be cast as X person and what are they going to do and how are they going to make this happen? (laughs) And within three months, we're going to find out what Rafe's vision for this was. And uh, yeah, and then we're going to have plenty to react against forever and ever, right? Just, just imagine having two seasons, at least two seasons. We're definitely getting two seasons. Imagine all of the things we'll forever for the rest of our life be able to talk about in those two seasons, hopefully many more seasons after that. We should buy stock in pitchforks and torches right now. Uh, No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm yeah, I totally agree. This is the culmination of uh, everything we've been talking about for years. And I'm just super, super excited. That's all for now. Thank you for tuning in to Barside Chats. If you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next time at the Barside. Barside Chats is a Dusty Wheel production, jointly hosted by Brian the Gleeman and Matt the Innkeeper. If you would like to support this podcast, please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, or you may email us at podcast at thedustywheel.com.